Welcome back to Sports Day. Former Olympian Tamsin Manu joins us now on Sports Day. And it's an absolute pleasure to have her because the athletics world continues to bubble behind the scenes. And it's one world that I'm extremely interested in. Tamsin, welcome to Sports Day. Hey, thanks for having me on, Tom. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. First of all, for those of uh, those listeners who may not be aware of your success in the sport, a three-time Commonwealth Games gold medalist and Olympian, um, and you're really highly regarded now as a media performer, um, can you give us an update on what, you up, what you're up to these days? What does what a day-to-day life look like for Tamsin Manu? Oh, well, I have two young kids, so they are the ones that I'm always chasing after. But when I have time, I'm, um, I'm doing some media work, some work in schools as well, which I love doing because I got so much out of sport. It's nice to be able to give it back and hopefully teach some young kids that being a participant in sport is a wonderful thing to do. So I do that, and then there's not much time left over, really, to be honest. <laughs> So Kerry and Furbank, um, so you're at two different schools. The boys and the girls, uh, are they equally easy to, to coach? They're totally different. Like I've had a wonderful journey with coaching girls because um, I feel like for well-being um, and teaching them that it's okay to go past that fear of failure and go out there and compete and have a go at things, I think that's been really fun with the girls. And then with some of the boys, um, you know, you find that they've got a journey in, in running that they want to take to their other for example, Josh Weddle was one athlete that I coached and then he went on and got drafted by Hawthorne. Oh, yeah. So I really enjoyed that side of things as well. What sort of runner was he? Oh, he was awesome. He was really good. There's there's a lot of talent out there in um, in the school system and it's just, you know, they don't necessarily want to be track and field athletes, but they know that running such an important um, part of a lot of the other sports as well. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of talent out there. <laughs> and you say you're running after your two kids. Do you actually still run these days? I do because I've got two Hungarian visitors as well. So in the morning I go and walk them um, and just get some exercise in. So I'm not as fast as them and I'm nowhere near as fast as I used to be, which is depressing, but um, I managed to keep up with the kids, which is good. Hey, there was a great article in The Age, I think it was yesterday, about Genevieve Gregson, who um, we know had some heartbreak at the Tokyo Olympics regarding an injury and then has come back and has become a marathon runner. I just find it one of the most amazing stories. Sorry, I forgot to mention the most amazing bit, the fact that she's uh, had a baby in the interim. Um, can you give us, yeah. I guess, your thoughts on uh, on her journey? Because she's got an amazing career arc, doesn't she? Yeah, no, I remember Bruce and I calling that 3,000 metre steeplechase in Tokyo where she ruptured her Achilles and who can forget her being wheeled off in the wheelchair, mm. just absolutely distraught scenes. And, and, you know, to climb her way back from there, you know, I think one of the first things she thought about was having a child with Ryan, her husband, who is an Olympic finalist in 1500 metres um, from Rio Olympics. So they decided to go on a different journey for a little bit. Um, she still had that fire in her belly for athletics. And she thought, I, I'll give the track away and um, focus on, on road running. And, you know, she had, they had their little baby boy, Archer, 18 months ago and now she's a marathon runner and she's, she's run two marathons so far and then on the weekend she ran 2.23.08 oh. um, to finish eighth in the Valencia Marathon but not only that she's pushed herself up to the second best Australian marathoner that we've, that we've had so incredible incredible effort she's um, just behind Sinead Diver who's the other Aussie athlete who um, actually is um, third because Benita, Benita Willis as well so yeah Sinead Diver the, um, is on the top of that uh, heap now. The, she's also a mother and it's pretty congested up there trying to get an Olympic spot um, for, for the Olympic marathon in Paris later next year. So I will talk to you about that marathon in a moment, but I'm just reading from this article from Mick Gleeson um, and I'll just read it out. While most scientific studies focus on the impact of exercise on pregnant athletes, there is limited research on performance post-pregnancy 
Anecdotally, there is evidence to support improvement. Six of the 10 female finish, top female finishers at the New York Marathon last year were mothers. A 2019 study published in the British Medical Journey found that most athletes felt that their performance level was the same or better after becoming a mother. I, I just find that incredible. It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Because I think if you spoke to, <laughs> I put this like in talking months, average um, um, women who give birth, the last <laughs> thing they want to do is go out and go for a run. Yeah. Um, I know for me, after having a child, it was so incredibly difficult to even get close to the same level that I was at beforehand. Because it's not just the body changes, it's the exhaustion from running um, around and chasing after a little one. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible what... Um, as Dan has done, but it's not just her. Like if you look at our um, top marathon women at the moment vying for these three positions in the Australian team, there's so many mums. Eloise Welling, Lisa Waitman, Sinead Diver, they're all mums and they're all just phenomenal. And they're such, and Jess Trengrove, who um, won the uh, marathon in, in Birmingham Commonwealth Games as well. It's just, an, it's incredible to see how these mums are going about, you know, continuing their careers. They've already had fabulous careers before they've had their children but then they're coming back um, even stronger, you would you would suggest, after they've had their baby. So has Gregson missed her call then? Uh, that's probably a glass half empty way to look at it, given she's running so well now. But uh, given that she's running great marathons, or it's going to be a great marathon runner, that's what we think, has she missed her call? Because it just seems amazing that you can go from being a track athlete to a road athlete like that. Uh, no, I think if you, you know, if you look at the age um, that marathon runners can be, they can push into their 40s. Yeah. So I think if you look at Jen Gregson's career, she's absolutely phenomenal. phenomenal. She's made two Olympic finals. You know, she's um, she's she's made three Olympic finals. She, she did the 5,000, 3,000 steeplechase double in Rio, and then she went to Tokyo and she made that final, which before she had that unfortunate Achilles rupture. So, you know, on the track, she's achieved um, great, great things. So I think this is just adding extra to her CV later in her career. But I think that it shows that um, she's so committed to the sport. The way that her journey started with 2012 and then, you know, then the team announcement coming and she was left out of the Olympic team and then there was a big campaign to get her put onto the London mm. Olympic team. And, you know, if she makes it to Paris, which she's put herself in a really good position to get that ticket, this will be her fourth Olympics. And she will have done it. She'll have qualified in so many different events through her career. 3,000 people chase. She's run the 5,000 Olympics. She's, you know, she's been a 10,000 metre national champion. And now she's got an Olympic qualifier in the marathon. What an incredible athlete for Australia. Yeah, and, prob a long time. and probably an underrated athlete. I think, uh, obviously, um, athletics fans would know who she is. And she's got a famous name as well. But she, it is still quite niche. But... Uh, uh, she deserves more credit than what she gets, I think, for the average punter. What you've just explained there puts her in the very yeah. uh, the upper echelon of, I guess, multi-event athletes that we've ever produced, doesn't it? Yeah, certainly. Certainly does. And I remember interviewing her husband, Ryan, one time, and I was in awe of Jen's toughness. She's yeah. one of those athletes that if you watch her as a fellow athlete, you just are really in awe of just how gutsy she is. She gets out there and no matter what, she gives you – everything that she has and you can see it in the way that she goes about her athletics and he said to me I think because people see how gutsy she is they forget to mention and focus on just how talented she is as well and that is so true ever since he said that I stood back from that and I thought you know what he's right she's a really talented athlete she's a genuinely lovely mover talented athlete but because you put that with her gutsy um, mental attitude 
she's she's you know a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, that combination is just perfect for any sport, let alone a sport which requires some natural talent, but also some uh, some guts as well when it, things get tough. I'm looking ahead to Paris, yep. Tamsin, um, and it's only what seven, eight months away. Um, and I love the, uh, the the track and field more than any other event at the Olympics. And I can't wait for the second <laughs> week when it went. Yeah, because I, I don't mind the swimming and, and everything else and the team sports. But to me, watching the best runners in the world run, male and female, is as good as it gets. So can you give us a bit of an early preview from an Australian perspective? Who can we expect to see there? I do remember Peter Boll, and he's been through a bit recently, but I haven't bumped into um, Stuart McSwain at the races a couple of weeks ago, and he's in some good form. So I've got a, I've got a, a, a large interest in a lot of these athletes. Yeah, you know, Stuart McSwain, you bring Ollie Hall, who had that fabulous Commonwealth Games where he won the 1,500 metres in Birmingham. He was injured last year, but you bring him back. He's a force to be reckoned with. You know, we love Rowan Browning. I think each year he keeps getting better and he gets used to running against that elite competition. Hopefully he can push for the final. Maddie Denny, our discus thrower, you know, fourth in last Olympics. So close to podium again last year at the World Champs. Mackenzie Little was on that podium um, in the javelin. But you bring Kelsey Lee Barber and Catherine Mitchell also, who made that final at the World Champs in the javelin. Nina Kennedy won the pole vault. Curtis Marshall medaled in the, the men's pole vault. Jemima Montag in the wharf. And I haven't even mentioned our two high jumpers, Eleanor <laughs> Patterson and Nicola McDermott. Like, it is an incredible track and field team for Australia. It is so exciting. There are so many medal chances. And I don't think we've ever gone into an Olympics where you can mention so many medal chances. It's certainly not for a very long time. So if you're an Australian track and field fan, you should be excited and you should be really looking forward to Paris Olympics. You know what we do on radio? We like big calls, Tams. And how strong is this Olympic um, track and field team compared to track and field teams in Olympics gone by? You know, I think it's harder these days because there's so many more countries vying um, for those medals. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's the strongest we've ever had because I think we can win quite a few medals. And, I, you know, if you can come back, um, again, it's very hard to win the medals like back in the early days where, you know, because there are so many more countries vying for those medals. But in terms of speaking about medal chances, there is an incredible amount that we are going to be watching um, over those two week period and just saying, okay, we've got a chance in this event. And so I think, you know, we could we could walk away with quite a big medal haul. And if not that, we'd have a lot of top eight finishes. Wow, that's absolutely awesome to hear. I can't wait for Paris even more now. Now, I, I wouldn't be interviewing you properly if I didn't ask you about what it's like to work with Bruce McAvaney, who is, well, a hero of mine and a hero of many. You're alongside him in Rio, the Gold Coast, Tokyo and Birmingham. Can you give us an insight into what the great man is really like behind the scenes? He's just the kindest, most humble man. He's just wonderful to work with. I mean, he's such a star in what he's done and what he's achieved in broadcasting in Australia. But the way that he gives his time to each and everyone that, you know, asks for it or sitting next to him and trying to learn, um, you know, broadcasting, he's so giving his time, just a wonderful person. So I've been very fortunate not only to work alongside him, but to be able to call him a friend. Well, long mate, long mate, continue, Tamsin. And long mate, continue um, you speaking to us because uh, we love your insight. Uh, I think Aths is too niche. I think it needs to get more mainstream attention and uh, you certainly put it on the map today. So I really appreciate your time and look forward to hearing your uh, dulcet tones in Paris. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I appreciate it.